Luke chapter 2, beginning to read at verse 22. Jesus presented in the temple. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Thanks, Eloise. Let's pray and ask God to help us to understand uh, the Bible. And for Bella here, our signer, let's pray that she would sign well for our deaf folks down the front here. Father, thank you so much that we're here all together this morning. And uh, we pray, Father, as, as we look at your word, please help me to speak clearly. Help Bella as, uh, Bella as she signs for our deaf folks. And we pray, Lord, that you would speak to us all for Jesus' sake. Amen. So do have uh, that open in front of you. It's uh, uh, page 100, uh, 1018, I think, one, no, 1028 uh, in our church Bibles. And we're thinking of Luke chapter 2 and studying this, verses 22 to 40. Uh, I've got a question. It's this. Do you have a bucket list? 
Do you have a bucket list? Uh, and if so, what's on it? Now, I've, personally, I've never actually written one down, I don't think, but uh, um, as you might imagine if you know me, it involves mountains and uh, mainly climbing them and then getting down them somehow. And, uh, uh, but we'll all have uh, things that we'd really like to do, wouldn't we, whether we call it a bucket list or not. And this morning, we have a man with a bucket list. His name is Simeon. And uh, his bucket list has one item on it. One thing he's just desperate to see before he kicks the bucket. And, uh, or to be more precise, one person who he's desperate to see before he dies. And it's in verse 26 there. Uh, it has been revealed to him, this is to Simeon, by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And then as he says this song here in verses 29 and 30, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Or literally that word dismiss could mean you may now let me die. This really is his bucket list. For my eyes have seen your salvation. He wants to see Jesus. He wants to see the Lord's Messiah, the Lord's Saviour before he goes. And Simeon's song, if you're you're a good Anglican uh, and uh, maybe been around a few years uh, or maybe 500 years, uh, you would have um, quite possibly sung this at evening prayer uh, every Sunday after the New Testament reading. It's called the Nunc Dimittis. Uh, Or the Latin means now depart or now die because I've seen the salvation. I've seen the Savior. My bucket list is just ticked off and uh, now I'm ready to depart. But actually the passage this morning isn't just about Simeon. It's about two old people. The Simeon and Anna who's there from verse 36 onwards. Now both of them are old. That's very clear. Anna, in fact, is very old. Look at verse 36. Uh, She was very old, it says. She'd lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, or quite possibly, uh, or then been a widow for 84 years. So if she'd been married, and then she'd been married for seven years, and then she'd been a widow for 84 years, she's over 100. If that's, if that's the right way of understanding it. Either way, she's either, uh, um, uh, well, she's either old or extremely old. And, uh, and that's, uh, so that's Anna. And they're both committed. Both Simeon and Anna have a really vibrant faith. They express it in different ways, um, which is fine, isn't it? We all do things in different ways. So verse 25, it says there, Simeon was righteous and devout. And then in verse 37, it talks about Anna. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. And neither of them had given up. The whole situation was in Israel. It's a pretty poor situation, all right, spiritually. They were waiting for their Messiah, and he hadn't showed up. In fact, God hadn't been saying anything much at all for about 400 years or so uh, through his prophets. It's all quiet. But they were really patient. And it says here, Simeon, verse 25, was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Anna, in verse 38, speaks to all, looking forward to, as it puts it there, the redemption of Jerusalem. And the thing is, God's people are in just a bad way. God's been silent. They're waiting for this Messiah. He hasn't shown up to bring his people back to himself, to restore, as they were thinking it then, past glories, to be their saviour. And then this baby... And this little six pounds or whatever he was of uh, human existence, they got their answer. They got their hope. They got their salvation. Now, just want to say, this is not the main point this morning at all. 
But just remember how God is working here through two old and devout believers. Anna, 84 or maybe much older. Uh, so, and Simeon, who looks like he was an old guy as well. And it says here that God used these people. So f- please don't think and don't say, I'm too old for God to use me. That's a nonsense. Just remember Anna. And do remember that Simeon and Anna were devout. They were keen. Anna, for instance, never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Um, And guess what? God decided to speak through to use these two keen and devout believers. If you want God to use you, and you can whatever age you are, whatever age you are, then stay close to God. That's the first and the second and the third thing. That's the most important thing. Well, that's the background. Today, we're thinking of a guy with a bucket list, and we're thinking particularly about a salvation baby. His name is Jesus, and we're going to see five things about this baby and his salvation from this passage. We're going to go through fairly quickly. Five things. There's quite a lot to get through. Uh, most of them begin with S for some reason, but the words are in the passage. So a sovereign salvation, first of all. Jesus is the salvation baby, okay? Uh, and it says, um, uh, where does it say? Da, 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 da. Verse 29, sovereign Lord, as you have promised, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, Jesus is this salvation baby. Mary and Joseph have taken Jesus to Jerusalem to do for him what the law uh, demanded, commanded. A young couple staying close to God by obeying the law. And in the temple, they meet this guy, Simeon. And he's someone we see, verse 27, 25, 26, 27. You can see here the Holy Spirit's at work in his life. The Holy Spirit uh, uh, is at work in Simeon, getting ready for the best day of his life in his old age. Getting ready for the best day. Getting ready for Simeon to tick off that last thing on his bucket list, or the only thing on his bucket list. This will be the climax of Simeon's life. It really will be an extraordinary thing. He's about to meet his saviour in the shape and in the form of a newborn baby, but it says here he took in his arms and he was gazing down at him, I would imagine, as he is saying these words and as he praised God in verses 29 to 32. And uh, he says here he is praising God. And he talks about this salvation which God has promised and which has now come and which he is now holding, which God has prepared, which has now come. And which Simeon is now holding in his arms. And this is Simeon, filled and prompted by the Holy Spirit, speaking eternal truth to his people and then down history ever since to our time today to explain to us more about this remarkable, extraordinary Christmas that we have just celebrated. And thank goodness um, it doesn't just uh, depend on us, this Christmas, this salvation. 
I mean, wouldn't it be dreadful if it did? We'd just be a, a horrible bunch of hideously smug people uh, as if it depended on us. And it doesn't at all, does it? Because we're celebrating the work of a sovereign God coming to this earth who out of his grace has brought salvation to this earth and to our lives. We have a wonderful God who is sovereign in our salvation. And that's why we will praise God for our salvation, because it's not us who've done it. We point away from ourselves. So if you come to BH, Goldstone, Holy Cross, we will always point away from ourselves. It's not about us, but we're celebrating and we're proclaiming, we're speaking, more of that a little bit later on, about a God who is sovereign in the salvation of people today. It's not about us. We must always be pointing away from ourselves to our sovereign God. And Jesus is this sovereign salvation baby, a baby who's brought salvation from and by our sovereign God. Second point, it's a seen salvation. I wonder if he actually looked like that. (laughs) I'm thinking of Simeon rather than the baby. No idea what Jesus looked like, and that's just as well, isn't it? But that's what Christmas is about, isn't it? A seen salvation. The world seeing Jesus. The world seeing its salvation. And here, Simeon is seeing his saviour. He's actually holding his saviour. Gazing down, looking at him and saying, this is my salvation. I can now die. My bucket list is completed. Listen to this about Jesus becoming a man. Jesus was a symphony in all of its complexity and power and magnificence carried over a grand expanse. But when he became human, he became a folk tune. Simple and shortened. In this, he lost nothing of his Godhead, his eternal character, his attributes, absolute purity, changeless excellence. He was a symphony becoming a folk tune and being held in the arms of an old guy in the temple in Jerusalem. That's what Christmas is about. Salvation Coming, salvation being seen. It's actually the first of two appearances. If you look, if you've got a concordance and looked up appearance or appearing, uh, you'll see re- a lot of, ro- lot of reference, more references than you might imagine. A lot of them actually to Jesus' second coming, his second appearing, but there are a lot that talk about Christmas as being an appearing. So we can see this salvation. God became a human being. He became visible. He became one of us. He became one with us. Emmanuel. Jesus was and is God's salvation. All of it. So Simeon can presumably stand there and hold this little baby and say, verse 30, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Do you think it's great that Christmas has uh, uh, taken over a heathen, originally a heathen festival, and turned it to something good and made December a great month of celebration? Um, someone, uh, someone said this, take Christ out of Christmas and December becomes the bleakest, most colorless month of the year. But we have a Christmas in December, on the 25th of December, that's when we've chosen to celebrate it, brimming over with Jesus, and it makes December one of the best months of the year, doesn't it? Something to really look forward to, and a great, wonderful celebration. And Simeon saw, and he held God's salvation. 
in his arms. And it is all about Jesus. Our salvation is all about Jesus. So if we're talking to friends about Christianity, for instance, tell them about Jesus. If you want to grow as a Christian, you need to grow in your knowledge and understanding of Jesus. One thing you may have thought about this Christmas time is actually, ah, perhaps I really ought to find out more about Jesus. The very least you could do is read one of the Gospels. Why not start? Why not start tomorrow? In fact, why not start this afternoon and read a Gospel? We've got some Gospels here. If you want one, we'll get one and give it to you. And, uh, and you can read it through. Or take one of the church Bibles with you. Take it home with you, if you haven't got a Bible at home. And read one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Just read one of them through about Jesus' life. Because that's where we find the information. That's where we find more about Jesus where we would, and our salvation, which is all about him in the end. And if we want to grow as a Christian, grow in your knowledge, your understanding, your love of our Lord Jesus Christ. So a sovereign salvation, a seen salvation. We saw it in Jesus. He was born. He was here. It was once. 2,000 years ago, people actually met him and talked to him and touched him and ate with him and laughed with him. He was here on this earth. He walked this earth. He was here. A seen salvation. The third thing is a global salvation. A global salvation. This baby, born in this complete backwater that no one had ever heard of, he is now the best known person who's ever lived on this planet. And his mum has got the name which is the best used girl's name ever. No more, no more, uh, let's get my words right. You know what I meant that first time. I don't need to say it again, do I? Mary is the best used girl's name. Okay, right. And that fame is partly because that salvation baby didn't just come for a little remote corner of the Roman Empire. He actually came for the whole globe. Which is why you look at uh, the map at the back. We have this world mission board here, for instance. And it's a, yeah, that is a map of the world. You can point your finger at any part or any of the white bits on that map, which are the land. Okay, Jesus came for people who lived there, wherever you happen to put your finger. Shut your eyes and do this on that map. Jesus came for people who lived there. It's a global salvation. Simeon saw it. Mary and Joseph saw it. Actually, verses 31 and 32, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. It's extraordinary, isn't it? Here you have an old Jewish guy in the Jewish temple holding a Jewish baby with a Jewish mum and Jewish dad standing behind him, saying that this baby is a light for salvation to the Gentiles, to the whole world, to everyone. Jesus hasn't just come for the Jews, he's come for the world. The Christian gospel is for everyone. Uh, And our, our parish here, as you know, we are named after a Victorian gentleman who got that. And took this message of salvation to the world. He went to Africa. And there he died. Opening up a route to take the gospel to Uganda from the coast. And that's why we, you, us, everyone in our three churches. We must take global mission seriously. And what could you do personally, individually. To actually just raise the game on your involvement with global mission. Could you pray? 
Could you take one of your church's mission partners? Could you take a personal interest in, in Anna and I? You know, we're in, in touch and we support some folks who have nothing to do with our three churches because they're friends we've known for years and years. But what about, how about you? What could you do? Could you pray? Could you give? Could you be going? We think of a mission trip to Spain. Could you go on that? Could you be involved with that? Or whatever you're doing at Holy Cross and Goldstone. And uh, I know Simon's planning some things at Goldstone, for instance. How could that be? How could you be involved with that as well? Maybe you're thinking, I'm retired. It's too late now. It's not too late. Can I just remind you of James Clark? Delightful guy, member at BH, in his 90s. Yes, in his 90s. It's not too late, Nancy. Okay. <laughs> um, James, in his 90s, uh, going off on a mission trip to Cuba. He couldn't get the insurance. No one would insure him. He said, well, that's okay. If I die, I die. That's okay. And uh, if I get ill, well, I'll take the trust because I believe the Lord wants me to go. In his 90s. It's great news, isn't it? Let's be involved. Global mission. Uh, also, the third thing, fourth thing here, is uh, a suffering salvation. There's a Malaysian proverb, which I think is quite helpful here. It says this. Don't think there are no crocodiles because the water is calm. The water may be calm for you now, but if we start telling people about Jesus, if we put our head above the parapet, the water doesn't stay calm. And the New Testament tells us that speaking of Jesus and suffering for Jesus just go hand in hand. Together, they go hand in hand. And Simeon has got some chilling words for us all here in verses 34 and 35. Look at verse 34 there. Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and the sword will pierce your own soul too. What about this uh, die falling and rising of many in Israel? Well, it could refer, and also with the image of an adult baptism into the water and out again, uh, it could refer, uh, refer to the, uh, the falling of humble repentance and the dying to an old life and then a rising to new life with Christ and then the opposition at the end of the verse. Or it could refer to um, a death in persecution, that would be the falling, and then a rising to new life in glory. Actually, I think the former one, this uh, repentance and coming to a new life, is more likely. But the fact is, as we speak of Jesus, we will be opposed. It will happen. As we show our true colors, then the true colors of other people's hearts will be shown as well. It says uh, the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed here. And to really live out our Christian faith and be a, a, a faithful witness in 2019 is not an easy option. It's not a straightforward thing. And there will be problems and hardships and difficulties and sufferings and so on. Uh, it's suffering. It's part of salvation. It always was. Salvation has been brought about, hasn't it, through Suffering, through the suffering of our Saviour. Our salvation was uh, brought that way, and Mary shared in that to a degree 
I think the end of verse 35 is talking about Mary being there when her son was crucified. How hard would that have been? Watching your son be crucified. Can't think of anything worse. Jesus Christ, it says in Hebrews chapter 9, appeared once at the nation of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. That's why Jesus was born. That's why he came. It's a suffering salvation. And if you expect to go through life and live devotedly for Jesus and be telling other people and yet never to suffer, I'm afraid you're on the wrong planet. It's a fact of life. It's a fact of the Christian life. Our salvation baby. Sovereign salvation, a seen salvation, a global salvation, a suffering salvation. And then finally, uh, a speaking salvation. Babies don't speak, do they? They cry, but they don't speak. Jesus didn't speak at a baby. He didn't say, yeah, Mary, any chance of breakfast or anything? No, of course not. Babies don't speak. But a lot has been spoken about him. So here in verse 28, Simeon is speaking about Jesus. Uh, Anna spoke about him too. The main focus this morning is on Simeon because uh, we don't know what Anna said precisely. But look at verse 38. Coming up at that time, that very moment, she gave thanks to God, this is Anna, and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. There's a lot of speaking going on, especially when she may have been over a hundred. And we've got to talk. We've got to talk too. Simeon, Anna spoke. We've got to speak too about Jesus. J.C. Ryle said, uh, uh, former Bishop of Liverpool, Victorian Bishop of Liverpool, said, a converted man will not wish to go to heaven alone. And Simeon, devout, deeply moved old man, he spoke. Anna, a deeply committed, godly old woman, she spoke. And Simeon is mainly talking to Mary and Joseph. Joseph, We see that in their reaction in verse 33. But actually, this is the word of God. So she's speaking to us. And the Lord is using her words uh, through Simeon to speak to us. And, uh, and you see Anna here. She's an evangelist, isn't she? She's there in a religious place. And she... Uh, uh, and spoke about the child, verse 38, to all who are looking forward to redemption of Jerusalem. She's an evangelist. Isn't that encouraging? And there's something else that Simeon and Anna have got in common. So Simeon, for instance, it says in verse 28, he praised God. And Anna, in verse 38, says she gave thanks to God. So I reckon as they spoke, it was something, they were being very positive. I would imagine they had a smile on their face. Um, have you noticed, if you've done the alpha thing, how much Nicky Gumbel smiles? I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. You need to learn to smile more. So uh, tell the world with a smile on our lips, speak of Jesus. And we need to speak of this Jesus. Uh, not so much about turkey, tinsels, trees, and that sort of stuff. More about a savior. Because you never got saved by a turkey. And you never got saved by a Christmas tree or by tinsel 
or anything like that. We got saved by a dying savior held by an old guy here as a baby in the temple in Jerusalem. Let's talk about Jesus, this salvation baby. So sovereign salvation, a seen salvation, a global salvation, a suffering salvation, and a speaking salvation. One more thing. And back to the bucket list as I finish. If you're not a Christian, I think there's one thing that you've got to put on your bucket list today. And that is to find out more and to make your decision about Jesus Christ. I mentioned just earlier on about the uh, Uncover little course that's going to start on Wednesday. I want to strongly encourage you, if you're from BH, to be to, uh, or visiting BH this morning, to, uh, um, to come on this and find out more about Jesus, this salvation baby. I'm going to lead us in a short prayer now, and then Simon will come and uh, lead us in the rest of our prayers. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much. Uh, For Simeon and Anna, thank you for Simeon holding this little baby and talking of salvation. We pray, Lord, that our lives may be as focused as his was and may be as outward-looking as Anna's was in their love for you and in their speaking of you to others. For Jesus' sake, amen.